Hey friends, welcome to episode number three. Jamie and me usually have a pre-chat about what the episode will be about, and sometimes that turns into the actual episode, so things will start abruptly really shortly. This week we explore how you can leave a narcissistic relationship. Jamie then also takes me through a story of someone he's helped recently. We covered off on, you know, the types of narcissism. So there's, um, you know, a narcissist, there's a gaslighting narcissist, there's a sociopath, you know, and they are the, no, they are the three common types. There are so many more, you know, for argument, we could have a brief discussion maybe on sexual narcissism, you know, so it's not a whole topic, you know, but you could go, okay, well, the point that we want to understand with all of these things is then how do you actually manage that? I mean, I can't genuinely see a solution to deal with with a narcissist and uh, and and have fulfilment in your life. Right, right. Um, I think you struggle to even find happiness. But if you can find happiness, you won't find fulfilment. So that was the next thing I actually wanted to talk about: is how do you get out of those relationships? So if we're going to talk about how you get out, is the advice the same for all those types of narcissists? No, no, no. no. Absolutely not. So it comes down to all the variables you've got. Um, do you have children? You know, what financial ties do you have with each other? Um, what whereabouts you are in the world and what's your, your, you know, your circumstances around that and your networks around that and so forth. When you say where you are in the world, you're not talking about location. Well, the thing that I've experienced is you've got what cultural societies like Australia, America, UK, Ireland, which are very, very similar. Um, and the problems are very similar and those sorts of things. Then you've got the the cultural um, societies that have different religious backgrounds and beliefs and those sorts of things, um, you know, from Saudi Arabia and all those sorts of countries. There's different cultural – like there's a lot of people in, in – um, what would you say um, – they have different backgrounds. They like Hindu-type backgrounds and Islamic backgrounds where you may need to be a little more careful in your choice in what you do because legislation and those things aren't the same in those countries. Right. Have you managed to talk to anyone from those countries yet? Yeah. I deal with them not so much that are still in those countries. I message them. But as far as spoke to the over here, because the issue is over here, their eyes get opened. When they come to Australia. Yeah. So like- so people come from those countries, they come back over here, and then they realise, like, hang on a minute. Women in- What? Well, we, we can't get beaten. What the hell? What, what is this place? What, you, you can't sexually abuse us whenever the damn hell you want? What, what, what is this nonsense? And then they realise, oh, shit, this isn't nonsense. This is a much better way to live. And hang on a minute. I wouldn't mind some of that. Mm. Um, then you've got- um, I've got people that have come from cults. I'm actually working with um, two people that actually come out of cults. So they're within here, but they're not within our cultural s- society. So they're, with- they're within Australia, but they're not within Australian Yeah, culture. well, Australia, America, China, um, India. Are you talking in general that exists? But yeah, it- the cult was glo- it was a global cult. Right. And they've come out of this cult from and, – and the person I'm working with has been in all different countries. Oh, interesting. So that have a – that have an interesting perspective. Well, she's around. got an amazing story. Like her backstory is on on, and not her, but the cult's backstory mm. um, is has been on the news, sixty minutes, all those sorts of things. Mm. Um, Are you able to share that information? Is that not bit? at this point in time? No. Are you able to say? No, because part of 
No, there's there's legal implications as well. So what you just shared there is okay, though. What what I've shared there is okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a million cults. You don't know which one I'm talking about. Right, right. So mm. if take like we're so we're trying to exit out of a relationship. Um, if we, I mean, I'm interested. I want to dive into like what what advice you'd give someone coming out of an Islamic type of um, country. I think what's beautiful about it is the advice is relatively similar no matter where they come from. Um, there are the variables, so. The, variab- the variables are more in the actual detailed planning than anything else. So when we start talking about these things, it's kind of like you, know, you want to talk about how do you separate? Well, first, you've got to identify where they're at because you've got to, you've got to, if you're going to create an exit strategy, you want it to be, um, you want to, you want it like any strategy, really well thought out, covering yeah. all the bases. But first and foremost, you need to make sure that these people are safe. You know, so a narcissist isn't isn't as big a problem as a gaslighting narcissist, right? So a gaslighting narcissist is going to try and destroy you, quite, quite possibly get physical with you, threaten you, those sorts of things. Um, you know, a, a sociopath is going to financially try and destroy you. So we get some financial structures in place and things done. So in order to when we go and get seek legal advice, we've got the jump. Right, because a sociopath will quite often they'll do all those things that a narcissist will do, but they are they are going to financially sabotage everything about you and your future and kids and childcare and houses and investments and superannuation and all the things that are required for you to make a fresh start. And this is part of the manipulation they use is by saying, you know, you'll get nothing. You're worth nothing. You'll never produce nothing and you'll never attract anyone because you are nothing. You said you ran a marathon. You've just crossed the line, finished the marathon. You're going to, you're done. You've, you're going for your PB, your personal best. You've crossed the line and you're crumbling to the ground. Your legs, because mentally, it's probably a better analogy. You go mentally, you know, to cross from the 25th mile to the 26th mile it is, we all know the challenge that that takes. But then to cross that line when you've taken your mind beyond its potential. You know, to cross that line, your mind goes, I'm now finished. And that's why they collapse at the finish line because their mind's going, I did it. Bang. Can't go anymore. (laughs) Stop. Everything that you're drawing on, your resilience, your strength, your bravery, your training, your endurance, your mind's gone, you did it. And it goes, thank fuck for that. (laughs) (laughs) It's at that point we're going, right, now let's start the battle. So when you're at your lowest point, we're asking you to look at all these sorts of things and how do you drive forward. So there needs to be methodology and strategy in place to rebuild, refine your self-worth, put structures in place so you can start trusting yourself again. When you trust yourself again, you can then form respect. When you form respect, you have self-worth. When you have self-worth, you have self-love. And so we have to run through these things, build these things up to have to make you mentally strong. So that you're ready to exit that relationship. So so that not necessarily, you may exit before completion of all this. Exiting is part of the early strategy. There's no point building you up, like take one step forward to have three steps back. So we may need to exit it, but we need a plan in place. So when you move forward and you exit, when you know that your mental health is struggling, your self-worth is struggling, but you know there's a strategy in place, you can then exit with confidence, understanding that that, okay, it may not be there now, but I've got something in place to drive that forward. And that's the structure. And that's the structure. So then we're looking at, okay, we've got a solution for that, 
right? But we need to make sure that in the early stages of the communication and the actual physical part of the separation is that you're safe. So whether if you're just with a you know, a base level narcissist, and we've already explained the depths of what that means. It's not a good thing, right? There's every chance your your phys- physical health, you know, is not necessarily threatened, and therefore we can do it, you know, in in a very um, standardized way. When we're dealing with physical harm issues, you know, to the point where there's there's um, threats of you know taking people's lives and those sorts of things, then we have to do it very differently. You know, and there's a whole lot of methodologies in place there, but we have those methodologies and we work through them with the right people in order so you can exit physically safe. All right. We've also got to then factor in, of course, the children. Wait, so we've just done mental. We've done mental. So or we focused on you first. It's always you first. Okay. So but it's it's you, your mental health. You your physical health, you, your kids' health. Okay, so number one would be mental health, your yep. mental health. Number two step is your physical health. Yes. And then the third step now is your kids. We're looking at strategies around the kids. Yep. All right, so we're looking at the kids and, and this then joins you with mental health and physical health because you need to protect the kids' mental health and physical health. So this is quite often where I'm talking about um, we, we don't ever encourage people to um, run the other partner down. Now, the kids may have seen that depending on their ages. They may be very well well aware of the situation. But at the same token, again, depending on age and those sorts of things, you know, a character education program is hugely powerful for people to understand what's going on. Now, we can cover off on, on what that is later on. But th- these are the steps we've got to factor in, you know, the mental and physical health of the children with your health. Then we're looking at your support network. Because you're going to need support to get through this. Now, having said that, I work with women from other countries and other religious backgrounds where when they do exit, they lose the lot. So you don't have to have a support network. Um, And when you don't, at the end of the day, if you're working with me, I become it and we grow it from there. Um, But the idea is to have a level of support network around you. You know, the deeper that is, the, 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 the more honest forthright conversation you can have with your support network so they're very clear and understanding of what's going on um see when you when you've been in a narcissistic relationship and when they're gaslighting in particular there's every chance your support network don't understand the situation and that they've actually used um, narcissistic triangulation to run you down in the background Okay, so when you're when you're moving forward, they may need some communication to understand what was going on themselves. They may need some education um, around what's actually gone on. When you leave, the natural assumption is that your family will support you, but they may have they may have your your partner may have run you down in the background, not even knowing about half the dozen stuff. And these people that you, that you are meant to that you're meant to trust and are meant to trust you, I feel like they're siding with the other person, but they've been manipulated as well. And this is just it. It's the lack of understanding. When you want to create awareness, there's there's so many things. Like if you look at the conscious competence table, right, you don't know what you don't know. Now, most people, you talk about a family scenario and you talk about this situation, instantly their mind goes, mum, protect child. Father, protect child, but maybe not as as much, right? The norm, yes, but at the same token, there's something about the lioness, mm. right? Yeah, absolutely. Us fathers, will we will... We will see rage and do and protect absolutely on one of those, mm. right? But there's something about the lioness, isn't there? You just said that you 
you become their support network and then you start building it out. Yes. How? Why? How does that work? How does it work? Well, the first point is I'm, I'm probably one of the more significant points of contact. All right. So when they're doing that, they need that point of contact where they can have the discussion and so forth and advice and, and, and be guided through that process. Right. Then it's about reconnecting them with, you know, if they've got nobody, we can then reconnect them with groups. You know, I have such a deep network of people that understand these sorts of things that we start reconnecting. Um, you know, as part of what we do, I'm, I'm, I'm part of ShareTree. Now as part of ShareTree, we're a charity organization. We've got multiple organizations. We work in many fields and we've got a, a, a net Network, a global network that we can reach out to and start connecting people um, so then they, they can be feel safe, you know, because um, I can't be everywhere for everyone at, all the time, you know, nor do I want to be, you know, that's not, that's not what, you know, my role is. However, you know, if we have to put people in contact with people to build networks, it's very easy to do these days. The world is small with technology. Right. Okay. So that's number four. That's support network. Yes, absolutely. What is number five? Living situation. Okay. And, and and five is really six because you is number one. So you is being one, mental health two, physical three, kids four, support five, living six. I'm just going to interrupt the podcast for a second. Jamie and me often create structure for the podcast as we go along. The next minute or so might be a little confusing as we share steps to leaving a narcissistic relationship. I'll just recap before we get into it. Leaving starts with you as the base or the foundation, and then there are six more steps that you go through to leaving. And I want to bring that right back front and center going, no, 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 you are number one. You are always number one. Can we say that's the base and that hasn't got a number? That's the most important thing. That's the foundation of the building. Because we've just counted from mental, I think, being one. <laughs> well, the first step is always you. Okay. The first step is always you. That's So, when you, when you go one. build your foundation, if you like, build your foundation, which is you, then step out, which is then one, two, three, whatever. Yeah. I like that. Yep. That's better. I'm happy with that. Okay. so I then, don't get hung up on that. No. But that's saying the discussion we had before, I don't want to confuse the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're on number five then. Okay. If you're comfortable <laughs> with that. <laughs> So the living situation. So then it's, you know, and the reason that mental health, physical health, you know, your kids and your support network come before your living arrangements is once you understand the status quo, you can then start making bigger decisions. And your living situation is one of those bigger decisions. Uh, yes, I can go back and live with my parents, my brother, my sister, my cousin, my best friend, whatever it might be. No, I, you know, I'm working. I have enough money to do this, this, and this. No, I've actually got some money I can draw down. I can pull it aside. I can get some rent. I can buy another house. We've got investment properties. You know, you know, I deal with people that, that are, you know, everywhere from, you know, s- struggling to pay rent through to multi, multi, multi millionaires. So the situations are very varied, um, but the reality is you've got to consider the living arrangements and how how that works. So, of course, how that works factors in your mental health, your physical health, you know, the, the children, the safety of the children, um, where your support network is. Once you've got that living arrangement completed, you've then gone through the entire circuit. Almost. Well, you, 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 you have, right? Um, you've still got that sixth step, and I know what you're talking about. Um, but regardless, and what we're talking about there and we're leading in, in, is into finance and money, you know, you'll sacrifice every cent for the safety of your mental health, your kids, your physical health and those sorts of things. Now, I'm not suggesting that you do that, but what I am saying is once these things are in order, you've now now you can go beautiful. All my ducks are in a line. Yeah. And that last step, number six. Finance. 
Finance. Finance. And, and that's that's significantly challenging um, depend on the web that you have of finance. I don't know if I understand that. So, I mean, how many houses, investment properties, you know, superannuations, how many kids, dependents, what countries you're in, what are the social security requirements, all of the sort of, you know, things that are involved within, you know, financial separation. Okay. So, and that can take anything from, you know, a few months to sort out to multiple years to sort out. So, if you're dealing with a narcissist, it's going to be difficult. If you're dealing with a sociopath, a sociopath is very manipulative and focused around money. So, you are going to have a battle they're going to be you will find things that aren't in the right names and you know it's going to be a a horrific web um you know and a gaslighting uh, person is going to want vengeance right because at the end of the day once you realize you go okay i've now got i've covered my mental health my physical health the safety of my kids the location of my kids where we're going to be what support network i have where we're going to be living and then i understand a base level of finances well you're ready to strike a blow you're ready to then act, yeah. You know, as opposed to going, I ran out the door and now what? I'm in a mad panic, right? Now, I mean, if that's what you've got to do, do it. And we deal with this afterwards. But that wasn't the question. The question was, you know, if you're contemplating leaving a relationship, how should you do it? What are the steps that you should go through? Yeah. You know, and, and this can happen in a conversation. It's not like you've got to go through six months worth of dream. You know, it's sitting down going, let's have a look. What are we doing here, 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 and here? These are the bases we're covering. Right. All right, so a plan can be put together very quickly. Do you have an example of someone that you've done with a quick example, like a story recently? Uh, I've got multiple examples. At what level do you want it? More as sim- much detail as possible. <laughs> as much detail as possible. Um, well, it's probably going to, if we're looking at it, we want it generic at the same time. I don't, I don't like generic stories. I like something where people listen and learn from a different environment, but they can apply it to themselves. I like the specifics. No, just literally think of someone that you're talking to right now that you can share details with, that you can share stuff that, that people can understand the story of who they are and why they're doing it in their situation. Um. We can't do that because. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I can be, I can be specifically generic. I'm very, very good at it. I think that there's enough of that. Um, I think we need more, more. Yeah, but I mean, it's the type of thing I'm not going to release someone's name. No, no. Um, so that's not happening, um, and we know that. Um, and I'm, I'm just having a look. You ask away. All right. Well, again, we've you just told me about a person you're working with called, which we'll call Mary Poppins. Sure. Um, that's great, a- great, great descriptive name. And for anyone that knows Mary Poppins or anyone that has seen um, the horror um, Sound of Music. <laughs> what? I think you just lost like 50,000 fans. <laughs> I don't care. I was, if I was to say I was abused as a child, it was I was made to watch that 73,000 times by my mother. <laughs> the Sound of Music had come on and her life would just, oh be so fulfilled Um, but this woman is very much like that so she's empathetic caring loving beautiful puts everyone before herself amazing mother um she anything that she has to do she will give 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 and give so that's the description of this particular woman okay so great great analogy (laughs) um so i mean based on what i learned from the first two chats that we had Prime food source for a narcissist. Absolutely. Uh, and she, she fell for that. Um, she had been married to um, a guy quite young in life, swept off her feet, absolutely love-bombed, made to feel special and amazing. 
Um, and, you know, over the course of 19 years of a marriage, things had got to the point where it was so toxic and disgusting um, that it ended quite abruptly. Um, it was a horrific situation for her. Um, you know, she was such a loyal woman that she would have kept going, but um, the love bombing soon turned to manipulation that turned to, you know, making her feel and question, you know, herself and feel less than and, you know, start not respecting herself and start questioning her judgment and all those things that we've spoke about, you know, to the point where the level of treatment was disgusting. Where it broke, and I have done a TikTok on this, um, where it finally snapped for this woman was they were going for their 19th, I believe it was either their 19th, maybe their 20th wedding anniversary. Um, I can't remember exactly. Um, and they were going off to a beautiful um, family vacation, taking the kids and that, um, taking one child. And the husband had booked everything because he was a high-flying business executive. And she um, got to the airport, walking down the chute to get onto the plane, um, presented their tickets, and he and the daughter were ushered up to first class and she was sent down by herself to economy. Okay, interesting plot twist. What? Yeah. Um, and she wasn't, didn't expect this at all. She had one. I mean, when you go on holiday together, we travel together. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Right, where he was like, Shh. you know, I know where you belong, down there. Um, the holiday, he was just being an absolute pig of a bloke. Right. Um, and literally, she was in line at a local lunch shop. Um, like a, you know, an outside caravan you know, burrito type, whatever it was, mm. um, shop. That's how she described it to me. And um, he just said to her, it's over. Just like that. While they're on holiday and walked off. Wow, that is next level. Yeah. The reality is when, when she'd come back and so forth, she'd found out that he'd been having an affair, found another fuel source. She was at the point of exhaustion mm. and it was a swap out. Right. Um, how did you help her now through? Because like if we just talked about those yeah. six steps, like did, were you able to take her through those steps? How far did you get? You know, like what, how, what did that look like? Um, as, far, as far as that was concerned, by the time she had come to me, she had gone through the, the, the separation. Um, and when she came to me, she was actually in the midst of a relationship after it. All right. So she was in a secondary relationship at the end of it where she had got in a relationship. So she had three or four years where she couldn't even face a relationship, had to get herself what she thought was right, getting typical types of, you know, um, therapy and so forth. Um, and then she started dating again and straight into a relationship with another narcissist. Very, very common. All right. Very, very common. And it's one of the biggest fear of people that have come out of narcissistic relationships is to the fear of getting in another one. Mm. Um, and we talk about exactly why that happens and so forth. And we uncovered that through through going through the reflection piece uh, and the introspection piece of the RISE program. So I ran her through that RISE program. Um, and we, 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 although she had physically exited that relationship mentally, she's still- there was still a door wide open. Um, so we ran through exactly that. The first thing we had to do what, was to get a mental um, mental safety back up was to start rebuilding her self-worth. Her physical safety was um, 
okay. She wasn't in any physical threat um, other than what the psychological damage was doing to her. So she was physically suffering as a consequence of the psychological trauma. Um, so we had to address that. And by addressing the psychological trauma, we could alleviate we could alleviate that. Um, the kids were a little bit older, so the circumstances were to run them through a character program, um, which I educated her on the character. She then passed on to the kids and so forth to, to work through that. Um, so that was okay. Um, the support network was about um, understanding the level of relationship that she had with people, looking at the expectations she had of those people, adjusting some of the expectations and setting boundaries. As your self-worth grows, so your psychological safety, it builds up on all of this. So then we built the right level of support network. We started uncovering issues from the past. So she had other traumas in the past that led to the relationship, that led to the marriage, to led to the marriage and actually ma- maintaining that relationship, um, and then to the next one. So we actually uncovered a lot in a in her early childhood and what we needed to do to transition through. So then she would start trusting herself again. Mm. She she was of of probably all the women that I've I've run through the Rise program. Um, just on that, her facial expressions. Being a Mary Poppins type woman, um, when you, when you have a breakthrough, like her facial expressions, and that she couldn't spit words out, she couldn't talk. Um, with like, you could just see what wow, like breakthrough moments and tears and joy and. It was, yeah, really touching um, to go through that. Uh, you know, then we moved on to, um, you know, her, her living arrangements were okay. So we didn't have to do too much there. We understood what it was uh, and same with her financial situation. So there were areas that we could just tick, tick off on and that's okay. If you can tick off on them, that's okay. Obviously, generating income moving forward is something that was required. Um, you know, and we've spoke about those things and we've got those things in place. So, um you know, there's a whole end-to-end story. Just because we look at all these things, some things are okay and obvious. Other things need more work than others, and sometimes we need to work in every single aspect. But there's there's sort of a work work through, you know, at a relatively simple level. Yeah. Um, yet, when you're talking about you talk about a simple level, simple level in respect to dealing with narcissism for twenty years. So when you when you put that in light, everything's relative. Right. You know, it's not like at a relationship ending in 19 years that was just a bit, yeah, we just outgrew each other. Yeah. We're not talking about that. When your self-worth, when your mental health has been absolutely smashed, it's a different level. Right. And that's base level narcissism. Right. Thanks, Jamie. You're welcome. Um, That was actually really good. I appreciate you sharing that in a well-structured manner and then giving that example. That is episode three. Love it. Yep. Love it. Um, if you would like to learn more about Jamie's work, head over to his website at jamierider.com.au. Uh, he's got a whole bunch of stuff on there. Um, <laughs> yeah, but mostly it's just coaching stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I always mess this end up. That's not, yeah, that's, no, I think it's okay. Okay. I, I think, I think it's probably one of the most beautiful things about you is that because you want to provide a service and advice, um, and then this kind of feels salesy to you and it's not comfortable. Nah, I freaking hate selling. So sucks. that's just part of it. So I think it's good the way it comes out the way it does. Yeah. So on that note, Rob, how do we reach out to you for those that <laughs> want to understand the great man and, uh, how, and how and what you're up to with your tiny house build? Oh, uh, yeah. 
don't don't use the great man if you reach out to me. <laughs> I'm not great. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically I'm building a container house. And if you want to follow the stories of what happens around that, because Jamie does features on times <laughs> as well. Actually, you've been featuring quite a bit. Yeah, I'm yeah. always on the dumb end. <laughs> um, that's good, because I always feel like I'm on the dumb end of these guys. <laughs> uh, you can just hit, uh, I'm on YouTube called T is for tiny. The letter T and the word <laughs> tiny. <laughs> um, that is episode three. I've been hanging out with Jamie Ryder. I really appreciate everyone joining. I hope you've walked away with some good insights and understandings uh, and a path to move forward. Um, I hope this brings you closer to the goals that you want to reach in life. And everybody, stay strong. <laughs>